0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 248th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have the delightful Travis. I'm actually kind of glad
1: that I wasn't on the show last week, that we couldn't get the scheduling to work, because I think Boat Race was would have just been the last straw. It's a cool, cool thing, but I don't know, something about it something about it seemed to have just made me like I would have been completely redundant. You already get all the sunshine you need out of boat race and I'm, I'm I probably would just would have just retired then and there realizing that I'm I'm not useful anymore in a world where boat race exists and it's completely <laughs> better than I am.
0: Being replaced by boat race. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think people enjoyed that that segment.
1: I certainly did.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's just you and I today, Travis. We're doing this Man, my schedules have been all... Oh, I've been traveling like every single weekend, so I apologize. Well, hopefully I don't have to apologize to the listeners because the episodes are still getting up on Monday. But I like I feel drained of you like, energy. you to apologize
1: to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're doing this on Sunday night. And we normally do this on Sunday mornings. And Will is, Will is at van, Vanguard. He's vanguarding it up. That's what he does every Sunday night. Micah is missing in action. I texted him. Hours ago, he has not texted me back, and uh, Logan is playing some D anD D. And he said that he would be able to, but we would have to wait even longer to record. And I was like, "Look, Logan, whoever you are, Fifth Wheel here, been driving <laughs> if that all is day." your real name. I've <laughs> <laughs> been driving all day. All I want to do is record and then do nothing for the rest of the night. Just uh, Travis and I today, and yeah, we're going. We had a. We got a couple news articles. Again, we're still in this, this lull of of the new year, so not that much happening news-wise. But we got a couple news articles. And then uh, Travis, and, Travis and I are going to talk about the Nintendo Switch now that we know more information. If you want my opinion on it, I think that is going to be where most of our new Pokemon games are going to be coming, whether they are main series or most more likely coming first would be those spin-off games. And uh, then we have Pokemon of the Week as well. That's what we have going for, for you guys. And I don't know how, how long this will be. We've like done two hour long episodes in a row. And I know we did, we did do a survey. And it seems like an hour and a half is in between the two most popular. So I said like uh, an hour, two hours, more than two hours, less than an hour. And two hours was the most popular, but an hour was coming right up. In popularity, so it seems like an hour and a half for episodes might be the money spot. Minus all the people that said, and there's a lot of them that were that said, make them as long as possible. Which I feel like we could which do. Which is about two hours. That's about as long as is feasible. <laughs> I mean, our Kickstarter episode was what, like
1: four, three hours? It was long, and uh, that's all. I, I the whole thing is a
0: fever dream. I enjoyed that episode a lot. I think. Though that Kickstarter episode, if if you're a, a newer listener or maybe you just didn't get around to it, we we did a Kickstarter a couple of years ago, which you know one of the reward tiers for supporting the podcast was you know you get an exclusive episode. So all the Kickstarter backers got that episode, and then I I asked if they want if it was okay to release it to everyone else because I was so you know it's just like when you finish a podcast and you you're editing it and you're like man this did really sound. This is some good work. This sounds great. Uh, so I asked the Kickstarter backers if they would be cool if everyone, was, everyone else could get it. Because, you know, it was supposed to be exclusive to them and no one objected to that. So we put it out and, yeah, it was uh, us making a top 10 all-time favorite Pokemon. On, we did this right before Sun and Moon came out. So those Pokemon weren't in the mix. But, yeah, I, as, as long as it was, I, I felt like it wasn't ever... A stale. We should do a top 10. We
1: should do an Alola top 10, like we did the Kalos 10 or whatever when X and Y came out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I don't say we, like... My only worry of that is there hasn't been enough time for those Pokemon to saturate, to sizzle, to cook. That's. I mean, that's fair, but
1: I think also things that have strong first impressions. Although, eh... I look back and I don't like Gumi as much because everyone, including me, loved Gumi when Gumi was released, and it just became a little too much. So maybe you're right that I need to <laughs> let the
0: yeah you know, let the stew simmer a while. And it's also like I felt like Gumi might have been the Mimic you of of this year, but like Mimic you will always live in my heart in a special place Bes- besides mimic you and i feel like besides rabombi what would be what would be like your wild card no one saw coming alola pokemon mm, what it would be um i really like and
1: i don't typically like legendaries if you can call ultra beast legendaries but Celestela is a very very cool pokemon it's super huge which you don't Really expect when you just see its art, it's very different from a Pokemon design, which I think fits the concepts concept of the Ultra Beast very well, and things just really cool. Hard to sort of wrap your mind around what it is. (laughs) It's it it feels otherworldly, as I think all the Ultra Beasts should, and I think Celestia does the best job with that. So that would be my answer.
0: I think that's a good choice. I'm trying to picture which one that is. Steel Flying. Uh, just
1: look it up. It's a, it's a weirdy. Did you play Sun or... You played yeah. Sun, so you... It's a version exclusive to Moon. Oh, okay. Or, is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I fell off at a certain part in Sun, and I, I haven't gone back... Well, I've gone back to... We're, look at us talking about Pokemon before we even went off topic. I, I have gone back to Sun and Moon to do like the the bean stuff. And just to like collect the beans and check in and do any upgrade, I think I'm, I think I have all the upgrades now actually, uh, but I haven't actually done any post game stuff. But uh, there's a reason why, and there was an email specifically about that that we'll get to. But yeah, I haven't I haven't caught any Ultra Beast yet. It doesn't take a lot of time if that's what you're wondering. It? It's, well, I guess yeah, we'll get yeah. There. I guess we'll get there. Any anything else before we jump into Pokemon news? Any anything cool or new to report on? I know you weren't on last week. Just that I've spent all of my fortune
1: uh, that I don't have on boat race bets and lost it all.,
0: <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing new with me on my end. just yeah, like I said, I've been busy. I was I a last last minute trip to the Wisconsin Dells uh, this past weekend just because my mom's never been, and my sister was taking her, and she asked if if me and Irene Irene and I would uh, tag along, so we did. And the weekend before that I was in Minnesota visiting Irene's family. Yeah, so and, and it's just been crazy at, at my real job with, you know, start of the new start of the new year, getting taxes and stuff for them and well, not that I do taxes, but I I am involved in some way with, with numbers. So they asked me to pull those numbers and I did and it took a long time. But when you say you don't do taxes, you do like file <laughs> I do my own taxes. file a tax yes. return, correct? <laughs> And just, I ha- just just making sure and I have no clue how Patreon taxes work. Uh, and I'm very scared of, of of what that means for this year. Well But I guess I'll figure that out.
1: Well the way it works is there's uh, the, you know, there's a there's a ninety percent flat tax on anything earned by Patreon, and then there's a five percent subable legacy fee that you have to pay as well. <laughs> Remember Subable? Remember that thing that existed for like two weeks before it got gobbled up by Patreon? <laughs> I remember. I it was like Hank and John Green made their own
0: Patreon and then it was just immediately bought by Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> or not Kickstarter,
0: yeah, Patreon. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that the government is gonna say, Did you make any money? And Patreon's gonna send me a ten ninety nine and I'm gonna enter that and they're they're gonna go, Oh, look at all this money you make. Uh well you owe us one third of it. And uh, hopefully you set some aside, which I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> but what I what I am looking forward to, and this will this will bring us into news, is that it's super effective. Got accepted to PAX East, our second PAX ever. <laughs> who let the dog? Who let the dirty dogs in? <laughs> and so that is that is very exciting. That is in Boston on March 10th, 11th, and 12th. 12th uh i've never been to boston so i have no i have no clue what to expect the panel i don't have all the details in front of me i just right before i was leaving for the dells i was i was shooting an email off and uh pax email came on in and they were like you're accepted please reply back to verify and so i was very excited but i believe it's on friday at 2 30 p.m in some theater i i'm assuming it's going to be live streamed again because it seems like all of PAX stuff is live streamed, which I think is, is, is the best way to go, uh, definitely. So that'll be very exciting. I have, haven't been to the East Coast in, in, since like the Shorty Awards, which was its own disaster in itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Going to do something a little bit differently this time for the panel, but I'll get to that at a later date. But if you are going to PAX East, uh, or if you're in the Boston area... And you're not going to PAX East. I'll I'll probably schedule a meetup outside of PAX just for those who didn't get PAX tickets because I know it's sold out. But I also know, uh, at least from the two PAXs I've been to, that if you don't have tickets, there's usually people selling day of passes outside the, the door. And I don't know how much they are. And I don't know if they're legal or illegal or how they have so many passes to sell. But I've seen people buy them and easily get in. So <laughs> I'm sure that that'll work for you if you're just looking to come on a certain day. But Panels on Friday, so we'll we'll cover that more in depth. Between
1: this stuff about ticket scalping and your intimations of tax evasion, Steve, this might not be a very great. Uh, th- this episode should not be admissible in court. <laughs> yes, I do not authorize the government to use this episode. Because <laughs> that's how that's how it works, right? If yeah. you say it, they can't. It's just do like it.
0: if if somebody comes up to you, you they and they're a police officer, but they're disguised. You they have to tell you, right? That's how it works. You a cop, you have to tell me. You know, legally, you have to tell me. (laughs) Yeah, that's how the world works. Uh, (laughs) Let's get some uh, 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 Pokemon news. (laughs) Welcome to WapZip2. Volcanion and the Mechanical Marvel to be released on DVD in North America. I never follow any news about the Pokemon
1: movies, so this is fun when I have to figure out what the titles mean when I hear them for the first time on this program while we're recording it. So I would guess that the mechanical
0: marvel is Magirna. Magirna. Yes, it's the very spooky Magearna. Uh Yeah, no, you're right. This is the 19th Pokemon movie. It will be released on DVD because those are still a thing on March 21st, and it Whoa, not Blu-ray? No, it doesn't say Blu-ray. It just says DVD. Whoa. It'll be released on uh, VHS March 22nd. <laughs> and and the, the beta release will be the next yes, day. Yeah. So I actually saw about three minutes of this movie on New Year's Eve. I was flipping through channels to watch as, uh, as one does when they're waiting for that silly ball to drop in, in Times Square. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Uh, the Volcanion movie is on. I need to check this out just for a second. Sure enough, Volcanion was there, and I was like, "Oh no, are they going to do the whole like you're a legendary Pokemon, so you need to talk somehow?" And they definitely did, and I did not approve of Volcanion.
1: Can I try to guess what Volcanion sounds like? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it the fact that you didn't approve makes me think it's not the obvious of just having like a a low powerful voice so they probably went a weird direction because of like the steam thing so it's probably like i am Volcanion. <laughs> no no i <laughs> this is what vulcanion sounds like canonically well welcome to my movie i'm vulcanion don't you know that this is what i sound like this is how my voice
0: hits your ears no no it was more like uh i'm really bad at impressions it was more like i don't even think i can do it Ash, we need to go to the mountain and steam. It was like a ooh, so so like, like a ooh. so like on the voice, just like high
1: is what you're saying. Just no, I would say monotone. <laughs> Ash, we must save the temple, Magirna is very spooky and (laughs) terrible and it's destroying everything you love and cherish come with me as i will send you
0: flying on
1: jets of steam
0: yeah yeah kind of like again i only had three minutes in so it's not like i had vast amounts of dialogue to base this off of but mcgirna was there and she or they or i don't know if it was uh i don't well i think mcgirna's genderless i could be wrong Pretty much all the legendaries are. They didn't have a voice. They just said their name. So I don't know if that was like... I was at a part where they were near... Like, uh, they were in a city, but there was a river going through the city, and it looked like Magirna fell in, and then they were cleaning Magearna off, and Volcanion was telling Ash this tall tale. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I will eventually watch this, but now is not the time. Especially because I missed the beginning. And there's usually a battle and a theme song in the beginning. And that's how I judge most Pokemon movies based off that initial battle uh, and theme song. But this movie debuted on Disney XD on December 5th. So I'm assuming now that Disney has the Pokemon stuff over Cartoon Network, I'm assuming that they are going to take full advantage of that library and probably show that movie a couple more times. Because why not? Second bit of news here. I have second bit of news. I have here is the Pokemon Latin American International Championships are to be held in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's probably wrong. Uh, they will be held in Brazil. <laughs> eh, eh, close enough, Sao yeah. Paulo.
1: I think is that. I think, you say yeah, it. I think yeah. so. Uh,
0: will be held in Brazil on April twenty first through the twenty third, and it will be held at the WTC Events Center. Uh this is following the European Championship which was held in London. The there is an upcoming Oceania International Championship to be held in Melbourne, Australia from March 10th to the 12th. Now Steve, we came we
1: came to an agreement that we would we would not utter the name of the city which shall not be named. Right. Yes. Because uh, per- Perth it's okay. We can make fun of Perth. No one there is going to hurt us
0: for saying Perth wrong. <laughs> We've, get, we've given the call out to our Perth listeners, and we did get one that said they lived in Perth, but they... Oh, more than one person lived in yeah, Perth. Yes. Told but us, we, right? We have not, they have not told us what Perth has been known for yet, so...
1: Yeah, they're a little cagey about it. What's going on
0: in <laughs> Perth, my dudes? What are you hiding? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but I do know that if you're in Brazil and you like Pokemon, there's a tournament coming your way. <laughs> Final bit of news. Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, those those games that sold a couple million copies, uh, now have their first patch available, version 1.1. 1. 1. I actually uh, don't know what this patch saw because it came out like right before I hit the road, but it says here that it fixes Z-Memento Parting Shot Bug. Mm-hmm. Oh, not like bug type. A Parting Shot Bug. I got it. Correct, <laughs> and it was the same with the
1: the Z-moves for Memento and Parting Shot, when used, I believe, online, it's either it works online and doesn't in single player, or, sorry, not online, but in a, uh online or wireless connection battle, that it crashes the game if you use Z-Memento or Z-Parting Shot. They're both kind of weird moves. The game probably didn't know how to handle it in conjunction with like the Z-move animation or something like that. I never saw it happen because Memento doesn't get a lot of use, and I don't personally run any Pokemon that use Parting Shot, so I've never seen it happen. But I knew, I think it was that the game would crash if you tried to do it.
0: Okay. We also had that Rocky Helmet bug, which we reported on like three or four weeks ago. And then there is an Evolution Move bug. Uh, you were talking about Momentum and parting, shop, uh, parting Shot, not Shop, you know, Parting Shopping. There was it's a crash causes a crash in battle spot. Z momentum failed to heal the Pokemon uh, as said in its description, which which is something that they fixed too. Oh, so that one didn't cause it to crash? No, they both did. Parting shot. They both did. Oh, okay. It says here. Yep, they both caused it to crash. But yeah, the the
1: thing that listeners who are just playing the game casually might not know about Z moves is for non damaging moves, Z moves act. A little differently then if you really just played and didn't really care that much about the mechanics of z moves you might not even know that when you're using a z move its effect is based on one of the moves in your normal move set so for instance if i have a waterium z and scald and also hydro pump on the same set and i go to use a z move there will be two versions of uh whatever the Water Z move is called. I don't remember them yet. But the Water Z move and the one that's attached to Hydro Pump will actually have a higher base power because that second version is the one that's connected to Hydro Pump. So when a Z move is connected to a non-damaging move, it has a completely different effect. And it'll be like instead of being called the typical Z move for that type, it'll just be called Z splash or z memento as the case may be here and typically all they do is raise your stat raise a stat as well as have the effect of the move or some of them also heal your pokemon completely and then do the effect of the move as seems to be the case with parting shot uh and memento and i think the bug was caused by the fact that memento and parting shot are moves where the user either faints or switches out. Uh, Parting Shot is like a U-turn. That's a status move. It lowers the opponent's attack and special attack, and then the user switches out to a different Pokemon. So I think the bug was caused by trying to heal the user of Z Parting Shot because that's what adding the Z move on top of Parting Shot does after the Pokemon had already switched out, which would cause it to crash. And Memento is similar in that Memento is a move that has its effect uh, before causing the Pokemon that used it to faint. So it was try- probably trying to heal the Pokemon after it already fainted. That would be my guess.
0: And just to note for those... So the bugs are fixed, but just to note that these moves are still banned from the battle spot at this time. So we will wait until further information from TCPI to allow those moves again. The Rocky Helmet thing that we reported on was the wrong person winning when... A Pokemon holding Rocky Hummet got knocked out, but then the other Pokemon got knocked out, so that has been fixed. And finally, the last one, the evolution move bug, was a bug that caused certain Pokemon to fail to learn a move upon leveling up. It was a bug which caused certain Pokemon to fail to learn a level up move upon evolving if they attempted to learn an evolution move. For example, Kadabra would not attempt to learn Confusion after evolving at level 16, but would attempt to learn... Uh, Kinesis. So that's why a lot of people were like, hey, why does Abra not know confusion anymore? How, how am I supposed to attack with this thing that has the world's lowest defense and gets knocked out by everything? Uh, there are some minor fixes here. So in version 1.0, uh, a number of other minor fixes have been made. In version 1.0, a ko- Koomo O that can be used in Battle Tree opponent that. Used that can be used by battle tree opponents know a knows a move sh- shell smash although Kamo'o'o cannot know this move. In version 1.1, it knows Drakeo Meteor instead. Additionally, a Halucha holding a Salak Berry that could be used in the battle tree opponents by battle tree opponents in version 1.0 has been replaced by a Pidgeot. Dramatic, yeah, they're the same Pokemon. They're birds holding a Charty Berry. In version one point one. In version one 0, a shuckle that can be used by the battle royale. Opponents knows a move uh knows the move stockpile, although Shuffle cannot learn this move in version one point one it now knows double team. Trying
1: I'm looking up Salak Berry to figure out why that was an issue with Halocha. I'm guessing it's one of those berries that prevents the it weakens the power of super effective moves, but it's probably
0: for a type that Hollutra is not weak to, but I'm gonna look it up. It's it's interesting that Those three issues are NPCs using Pokemon that have things that they're not supposed to have. Right. Like, seems like they would
1: know they made the game. But then again, they're making so many trainers. And in the battle tree, they have to make a bunch. So it probably was quickly decided. And people look at Komo-O and say... Eh, thing's got shells, probably a shell smash, <laughs> although that would be yeah, but, ludicrous, and I'm very glad that it does not.
0: But do. isn't, when when they're programming it, isn't there just like a drop-down of of moves it's supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know, I mean... Uh, well, apparently not. How, uh, well, uh, apparently not, because they were able to input a move
1: that it does not know. I just think that's
0: funny. That is all the news I have. <laughs> I guess that's all the news I have. Does it say why the Hawlucha with a Salak Berry
1: doesn't work because I looked it up, and Salak Berry is the one that increases the speed of a Pokemon after it takes considerable damage, after it takes enough damage to eat a berry. And Hawlucha, one of its abilities, is Unburden, which doubles, I think, your speed when you had an item, but then lose it through, like, eating a berry, or back in Gen 5, utilizing a one of the type gems. So that even though that's probably a an unnecessary amount of speed boost it still technically a thing you could do i don't see why that's a problem i must be it it doesn't
0: say it just says additionally a halucha holding a salak berry that could be used in the battle tree opponents in version 1.1 has been replaced by a pidgeot holding a charty berry in version 1.1 sorry the first 1.1 was 1.0 yeah it doesn't it doesn't say why weird yeah so that's it for news hopefully we didn't miss anything i said the pack stuff other isc related news is we have a subreddit this is new as of like a week ago so if you go if you're a reddit or a reddit person if you go to reddit.com slash r slash super effective uh, that takes you to our official subreddit and uh yeah if you want to see a sweet video of how boat race works that's been posted there go ahead and jump over there subscribe check that out if uh, if you're one to do the Reddit, we are there. So where we will also be is on a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch and our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break, and we, I mean, we go off topic from time to time. We're not a Nintendo Central podcast, but I feel feel like this news is pretty relevant to our listener base. Welcome to Nintendo Central. Uh, just like all podcast things, the number one thing in iTunes for podcasts over the weekend was any, like, Nintendo-only podcast. And there were a couple, like, Switch-focused podcasts that just randomly debuted. So, here we are on that bandwagon. Here we are. We're uh, changing our name to It's Super Switch. It's Switcher Effective. (laughs) It's Nintendo Switching. I, uh, I like the whole, That last one wasn't good. No, it wasn't good at all. I like the whole, like, snapping... I don't know. Microphones. I don't know if you can hear me snap. I'm really bad at snapping. Yeah.
1: I love it, too. The the audio trademark or audio logo of the switch is cool i'm a sucker for that type of thing anyway where you can tell a brand by its sound whether it be like the nbc chimes or what have you and the, fa- the switches just sound so good
0: yeah yeah i've that is that sound is just really really good it, the last sound that i remember that's i would I wouldn't say it's better than the switch, but I just remember it really well as the GameCube sound of I like how the GameCube unrolls itself and the start yeah, 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 yeah that i don't
1: did nintendo sixty four have a sound I did not have a nintendo sixty four I borrowed well, my brother borrowed one from his friend for a little while, but I didn't have one for long enough to really remember its audio trademarks
0: yeah, and then Sega had the really good like Sega.
1: And that wasn't even all of the games, that was just, they had a lot of space left over on the cart for Sonic, and I think they didn't want it to look like the game was unfinished, so the developer just made an incredibly large audio file that was the Sega, and that's why it's on there, and I don't believe it was on all of the...
0: It wasn't or on even all, of? all of
1: the subsequent Or I don't even believe it was on all the subsequent games But nobody plays anything on a Sega console that isn't Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to
0: get so much hate for this, but it's what? true. Nobody you cares play, about anything
1: other than Sonic. Golden the
0: Hedgehog. Axe? Golden Axe is really good. Golden I don't Axe know is that... very good, but that's an arcade game, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it's also he... on Sega things, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it's also on the Genesis. I'm sure Golden Axe is on a hundred things, but that like Golden Axe reminds me of Sega. Isn't it on Nintendo consoles as well? I'm sh- sure. Yeah. 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 Probably. <laughs>
1: So yeah, got uh, uh, go to go to Sega consoles to play Golden Axe cuz you can't play that anywhere. Got to go fast.
0: No, I think it was on Genesis and not on Super Nintendo. I, like obviously like all those games are on Wii and Wii U virtual console and like yeah. 3DS, but I don't think it was on Super Nintendo. Mm. We need a segment where we get things wrong and then we set aside time for people who correct us. Isn't that just what we do every week? Isn't that just what Twitter is for? Yeah, I guess, but Maybe we should like bring that into the show where we're like, okay, so these are the. Remember when we bashed Golden Axe last week? Well, here's where we were wrong.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, Internet Pedant Number Six Nine Three.
0: Thanks for correcting us on what co- on, on which consoles Golden Axe is. Right, we need to deliver the most important Golden Axe information to our listeners. <laughs> Pure gold. An axe. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a Golden Axe
1: podcast. No, I've played Golden Axe like twice. What? Golden Axe is so good. Yeah, it was fun, but I didn't need to play it anymore.
0: <laughs> it would probably only last like three episodes, and then we'll, we we'd be out of content. Although the podcast I do want to start
1: is a Gauntlet podcast.
0: Ah, see, I wasn't that big on Gauntlet. It's okay.
1: <laughs> so good. It's because of the music. Yes, and it's also just very good. It's also a very good video game. Although the point where you get so far enough where they just think it's a great idea to have all of the walls
0: be invisible, that's not. It's not fun. That doesn't stop. Just, sound... just don't do that. That sounds it, better it's on a paper. Bad design. Did you watch the 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 Switch press conference? Did you stay up watch it? I did. I I, I had some pretty spicy tweets about it. They were really good. I'm I'm sure you had amazing tweets. I uh, I was full-fledged and committing of live tweeting everything i couldn't read other people's do you want me to sh- uh, do you want me to just read them to you because they're really good yeah yeah let's hear some good ones okay let me pull them up all right uh but yeah it was like uh it was like an hour long it was 10 p.m my time so it must have been 11 p.m your time but before we dive into the nitty-gritty and i don't know how deep we'll go okay here are my here are my tweets okay there's not there's not that many of them the first one was when they released
1: when they talked about hd Rumble. So I said. I've always dreamt of being able to feel an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> then, quote, I would like to introduce you to ARMS, unquote. Nah, my dude, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> oh, I did see that one, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar then, with ARMS. Then I think my favorite one is when they were playing, because I'm a notorious hater of Legend of Zelda. I I don't actually completely hate the franchise. I just like the rise it gets out of people when I say that I, I don't like it. They're... A few games in the Zelda franchise I like. I just don't like it as more than as much as other people. But when they were playing the Breath of the Wild trailer, I just said, "The Legend of Zelda, sadder Wind Waker." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is the best one. Welcome to the Armory, an arms fan cast. Welcome to an arm and a leg, an arms fan cast. Welcome to
0: Armsterdam. And- You're not laughing. Please start laughing. Oh,
1: I- <laughs> please clap.
0: I guess I was waiting for the. Amsterdam, an ARMS fan, <laughs> fan cast, but the, I suppose the, you're, you ran out, of, ran out of space there. No, no, those correct. were super good. So are you telling me you want to start an ARMS podcast? Yes, I do, because that game looks incredibly fun, and also it's called ARMS. That's <laughs> a good name, for sure. So you watched, you watched the, the whole thing, what, what did you think, just your overall impressions? The presentation itself was awkward. I feel so bad for
1: a few of the translators who clearly had trouble. That's that's not a that must have been a terrible experience. But as awkward as the presentation itself was and as worrying as it always is when Nintendo unveils a console and then says, "Here are the four or five games that will launch with it." That's always a worry, but a lot of the details we got about the Switch are interesting to me the price tag was about to be expected maybe a little higher than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be about 250 but i also don't know anything about anything so that was just a ballpark guess and it was 299 instead the features i like i like that the i didn't realize that the joy cons would have a degree of which are the detachable controllers i didn't realize that they would have a degree of motion control in and of themselves so the ability to play games like party games like uh, wii sports which it seems like that one two switch game is trying to emulate would be fun and i realize it's not cool to like wii sports because it's the game that every grandmother no wii sports is good i i agree and i think the reason it's good is because it's powerfully accessible and having a game where you can just be like hey grandpa we're gonna bowl (laughs) <laughs> and he just immediately knows how to like, he puts on his him, he
0: puts on his bowling shoes and brings out his yeah. ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you just tell him like you know hold the b button and then bowl and he can figure it out that's a powerful thing i think and motion controls are great for that where they don't get very great is where they're when they try to be integrated into things that require precision of control on my other podcast arbitrary archive i was just talking to my brother about Super Monkey Ball and how sad it was that that incredible franchise started going the direction of, like, balance board controls or motion controls and that sort of thing, which doesn't fit a franchise that is built around precision of control. And a lot of times where they tried to, like, make shooters out of motion controls with the Wii or in adventure games where you, are like, shoot arrows and things with motion controls, it never... Really was very great, even though those seem like intuitive uses for it. And I think that Nintendo is at a point where they realize when to and when not to do that. And the fact that the Joy-Cons can then be placed back in the grip to form a more traditional, even though it looks kind of strange, a more traditional controller. To me, that signals we're going to make a console that can do the sort of very intuitive control schemes that the Wii had for those party games. But also have a controller that isn't completely unconducive to that, like the
0: Wii nunchuck combination. Cause, oh boy, that was a weirdy, huh? <laughs> I think Wii Sports is easily one of the greatest games of all time, just based on. Yeah, I would agree. How fun it is, how accessible it is, and just like my personal use alone. And I know this is for a lot of people when that came out and for several, it wasn't like a one weekend thing. It wasn't even like a one month thing. It was like for months when a group of my friends got together, it was let's bowl, let's play tennis. Let's not do the golf thing. It's not that good, but mostly boxing's all right. Maybe we'll play that one, but probably not. (laughs) But that was such a, let's do this almost every night. And it was so great where a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, quote-unquote party games, like Mario Party 10, like, I enjoyed my time with that, but that was kind of like, uh, maybe two times, and it was like, okay, I got all the mileage I could out of this, where Wii Sports, for as simple as it was, and even, like, in 2006, that was 10 years ago, it was so advanced at that time, so yeah, I think... Did it come out in 2006? Yeah. I
1: was... How was I like fourteen years old? That's (laughs) strange. I feel like the Wii Wii is a lot newer than that. That's weird. Yeah, two thousand six. It's up there with, in my opinion, with like Rock Band and a more contemporary example like the Jackbox Party Pack games in terms of being able to immediately bring people in in a game that people are willing to play over and over again for a while. Even if you do get burned out of it, eventually, it's welcoming and conducive to having multiple people play along i think those are great games when they can pull that sort of thing off and if one two switch is any good it look and it looks like some of the mini games are pretty cool hopefully that's what they're going for
0: yeah i mean at this at this point i don't think i was surprised about the joy cons being motion control i just thought like well yeah, that makes sense. They've they developed that tech a decade ago. I'm sure they've made True. it better. I'm sure they've made it extremely cheap. Like why not just throw it in, right? But SBJ, what are your opinions on HD Rumble? <laughs> <laughs> High definition Rumble. I don't know. I'm cool with Rumble. Rumble sweet. It's so
1: I realize that it's probably cooler that I, I realize that it's probably gonna be pretty cool in that it provides tactile response which can be very satisfying when you're playing games to feel like you're doing the action that you're doing that sort of feedback a lot of people might have seen with the newer versions of the iphone where i i don't have one but where if you press the main home button it doesn't it's not an actual button that presses down anymore yeah but it's a uh, skeuomorph skeu what is that? Skeuomorphic? Yeah it's a skeuomorphic button in that it mimics the feel of old what what a typical traditional button does it, it vibrates in a way that feels like a button press and I'm imagining that that's the type of thing that they're talking about when they talk about this HD rumble and they have weird metrics where they say you can feel if if it's trying to replicate a glass of ice, you can feel how many ice cubes are in there. It's a very strange way of communicating what the tech is, yeah. but I think if you imagine that in the context of an adventure game, like, there's the Skyrim port that they're going to have, which is kind of funny to me because that's an old game. I love Skyrim. I've talked before about how big of a fan of The Older Scrolls I am, but I still think it's funny that that's, like, one of the big launch titles at whatever, like, six-year-old game. But if you think of that and that the controller would rumble in a way that would actually feel like an arrow being shot as opposed to just like every rumble in every game has been that's a cool prospect even though it's a weird part of that presentation and a thing that i don't quite comprehend yet but if it is as strong as they say it is that could be cool like not groundbreaking or providing like a lot of design possibilities in terms of designing games around it but sort of fitting that into games for the purpose of immersion i think could be cool
0: i remember when the the ps3 got rid of rumble because they didn't want to pay royalties to nintendo for it i think i think that was that was the reason because nintendo invented it just like how microsoft refused to pay royalties to nintendo for the d-pad that's why they have that really weird squishy d-pad at the time that that tactile feedback i think is is really important to a lot of games, and I know like the DualShock Four, or I think it was the DualShock Two that introduced it, that had the Dual Rumble, or, or where each side of the controller could rumble based on on things like that. Was it didn't seem big at the time until like you tried it and then you went back to a basic rumble and you're like, oh okay, like I get it, and I feel like this is going to be the same where somebody's gonna like pick up the hd rumble and and go like oh this doesn't feel that different but when they go back to older rumble they'll they'll actually see the the changes that were made uh tactile wise you talked about one two switch a little bit and uh that's one of the launch games and it's it's a game based on not looking at the tv which i think is 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 kind of a gimmick in itself but for me like i've been there done that especially with the jackpot game, jacks Jackbox games and like other just games and and as a board game player, Travis, you can probably like relate to just games that ha- like make you have fun in ways that don't involve like a board or don't involve like moving characters or rolling dice, like the Resistance or something. Uh, and I think that's where One Two Switch is trying to grab that market, definitely. And so I I don't know if that's accessible to everyone, but that's kind of something that has existed in the board game world, especially with something like Jackbox. In Jackbox Party Pack 3, there's a game called Faking It. Ugh, I, that game is such an anxiety-inducing experience
1: for me. <laughs> I love Jackbox games, but that one's, that one hurts me.
0: Yeah, so what Faking It does is it can, you play it with six people, and what it does is on the TV, which you're supposed to sit in a circle so you can all see each other, it sends, uh, and you use your phones because you connect your phones to the PS4 or whatever you have Jackbox on, and it sends a, a question to everyone's phone. So what faking it does is everyone gets a question like, uh, raise your hand if you've ever gotten a speeding ticket. And one person doesn't get the question at all. So they're the fakers. They have to blend in. So The TV will count down like three, two, one. And then every if you've gotten a speeding ticket, you raise your hand. So the concept behind that is, well, you're sitting with a group of friends. You should probably know whether they gotten speeding tickets or not but the faker doesn't know what the question is so if it was if it was me for example and i raised my hand my friend should know like i've never gotten a speeding ticket which is true i've never gotten a speeding ticket but my friend tim he's gotten like nine speeding tickets since i've known him so like when when he raised his hand i knew he wasn't the faker because i like definitely knew he got speeding tickets so it does other questions like it'll send to your phone like how many how many characters are in the tv show friends and I think it's six. You're, what you're supposed to do there is hold up how many fingers you think. So, you know, five, six, maybe seven when it says go. Like, that's realistic because that's... Is it six? I don't know. I didn't watch Friends. I thought that was you know, a no, no, no. joke. But I held up two because I was the faker. I didn't know what the question was. So I was like, ah, two seems right. Uh, and everyone instantly knew that I was the faker because obviously there's not two characters and friends. Uh, there's... I think there's six. Friends, the two of them. just the two of them. Just these, these two friends. So they're, they're using the TV to pretty much just tell you the sounds and the noise, and they're using the phones to hide the questions from people, but really the game is using your hands and trying to fake uh, the experience with your friends, and I think that's what 1-2-Switch is, is trying to capture with the whole like Western game, and I know there's, uh, like, there's a cow milking game as well. Which is based off HG Rumble. And I think that's where they're going with that. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a Wii Sports trying to like build off Wii Sports. I really think that's trying to build more off what people have done interesting in, like board games and stuff. But I don't know if it'll have the legs of a Wii Sports or another, like, or a Jackbox even. Because I think it's more of a a Jackbox thing than it is a a Wii Sports thing. That's a good point. Uh, But that's just my thoughts on it. Let's go through the lineup here for March and April. So, 1-2-Switch, uh, which is being made by Nintendo, that's launching on March 3rd. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild launching March 3rd. Actually, this this was funny. When when that came on, Irene was like, why do people like Zelda so much? Because she's never played a Zelda game. And I was like, I've played almost all every Zelda game, and I've enjoyed them for what they were. But I, I didn't know how to answer it. I was like, I don't know. You're a hero saving a princess, and you do that every time. And it the puzzles... <laughs>
1: I won't be able to defend it. I just said about five minutes ago that I really don't like Zelda.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I, I, I will get Breath of the Wild, but, yeah, for me, I was... It, I don't know, it's just game swords and stuff. Uh, snipper clips. Cut It Out Together, is also... It doesn't say it's launching, it just says March. But I think that's one of the best-looking games out of all of them, and I'll get back to that. Just Dance 2007... Skylanders Imaginators, Super Bomberman R, uh, which I'm a big Bomberman fan, but I've I've been told by people who've played it it's not that good. I am Sensuna by Square Enix, Has-Been Heroes by Frostbite, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is April 28th, and Constructor HD by System 3 on March 3rd. I don't know what that is either. Snipper Clippers is really great, though. This doesn't use motion control at all, from my understanding. It's a puzzle game. And uh, you have, it's a co-op puzzle game. I'm sure there's a single-player mode, but it seems like it's really, it's really positioned for people who are playing with somebody else. And you're two shapes, and if you overlap the shapes in any way, you can, you can snip that other person. Uh, so it's almost like in Illustrator, Illustrator they have the like, subtract command, or is it the exclude? One of those. And if you look like, a, imagine like a bullet shape. So flat at the bottom and then round at the top. Uh, So if I like put my round top into you, Travis, and you're one of the shapes and I like put it in sideways and I snip, now you're a bullet with like an apple bite out of you. And so you could turn sideways and use that like hole that I've made in you to like catch a ball in. And so what you're trying to do is like every level is a puzzle. So one of the levels is you have to drop a pencil down and then you have to uh, like tip that pencil over and put it into a pencil sharpener. And that's how you complete the level i'm trying to figure out if this is
1: the most difficult thing to describe over (laughs) audio or if it's just close i'm trying to think of an example that's more difficult and having
0: trouble i think i can explain this one got your two shapes right and you have to drop a pencil down and then you have to put the pencil into a pencil sharpener to beat the level and none like all the levels are different like one is like putting a basketball in a basketball hoop and one is like putting a tire on a car so for the pencil level one of the, the, the snips I don't know what they're called the little snipper guys they have to be really skinny uh, so, they can hit the, so they can fit into the area to hit the button to make the pencil drop and so the one snippy guy went over and he chops half the left hand and half the right hand so instead of this little bullet shape it's, it's like this little like, needle shape because he snipped off all the edges and so now he's small enough to hit the button and that's going to drop the pencil down but you have to drop the pencil down and carry it over and then tip it and then put it in the pencil sharpener to beat the level so what the little uh pin needle guy did is he snipped the inside of the old the uh, the other guy so now the other guy has this like hole in the top of his head and so he after he has this hole he like lines up under the pencil the needle guy hits the button the pencil drops and because it's it's like a hole in its head. The pencil goes down deep enough where the guy can then carry it over and then slowly tip it. Uh, and that that's the puzzle. And it just looks really adorable and really great. And I'm a sucker for puzzle games. Uh, and I'm also a sucker for like co-op games. Because it, it balances that line of like, well, we're both trying to solve this together. And we're both like dependent on our role. So there's no, there's no like quarterbacking of like, I'm just going to carry you through the level. It's like, I have to be here. You have to be here. We have to do this thing together And that can be really funny or that can be really Like oh why did you do this Kind of thing um, It does look like a very cool game but to
1: hear it Described in audio Form it just sounds like <laughs> a, a disaster it, it, it's, it sounds Like a rejected Um Oh shoot I'm not going to be able to do the joke Because I don't remember
0: that guy's name It I, sounds I'm- like a rejected Franz Kafka Novel <laughs> I'll say this I when when all the games were being shown like really quickly I looked at it and I was like oh that that looks like a baby shaped game and then when I saw the box art I was like oh that doesn't look for me that that looks like it would sit next to just dance and I'm not interested in just dance but once I saw the game in motion and I saw a couple levels I was instantly sold and like very very excited for it it does look very fun uh, so in spring we're supposed to get Arms. We're supposed to get Puya Puya Tetris, which is going to be the great. Can't just skip over Arms like that. Oh, arms okay. is clearly the killer app. I don't know. I'm not into like boxing games, like especially boxing. SBJ, <sighs>
1: it's so much more than a boxing game. You just <laughs> need to see. It's it it it's a revolution not only of the boxing genre but also of Arms themselves. <laughs> So, Arms is a fighting game. Yes. A motion-controlled fighting game. You can play with regular controls. Oh, okay. But what makes Arms different than the motion-controlled boxing games that are terrible, i.e. all of them, where you're just flailing your arms and it looks bad, is that instead of you make a punching motion and you immediately punch and you can punch again, so you end up just flailing, when you punch you're actually lo- you you have like springs for arms so you are launching your fist across the across the arena towards your opponent to try and use your arm like a projectile you can't just flail your arms around because then you've fired both of your arms and you need to wait for them to retract to fire again so you can kind of like add english onto them after you fire them to curve them in one way or the other I know it's probably clear that I I am just obsessed with this because it's called arms and that's the weirdest thing to call a game, but I am also just interested in it because it does look like it would be fun.
0: Now, after you said like the whole like it prevents you from flailing your arms, that makes more sense. Like I didn't think of that, I guess, when I saw the game. I just thought, oh, it's another like motion control boxing game and I'm really not interested in that. Not because I don't like, I don't hate motion controls, I just... I also am not a big fighting game fan, so to put like two things that I'm not really like high on together, that's a hard sell for me. But yeah, that's being made by Nintendo. Sonic Mania is supposed to come out in spring. I don't know if this list is official. It was it was the top thing on Reddit, and so I trust the Reddit community to upvote things that are correct. And it was the newest list, so Sonic Mania spring, Puyo Puyo Tetris spring, uh, Lego City Undercover, Red. Out, I don't know what that is, and the Binding of Isaac After Birth Plus. Uh, just going back to Puya Puya Tetris, this was a game I imported uh, on my PS4 like about two years ago, uh, from Japan. So I only have the game in Japanese, but it's, you, it's one of the best Tetris games ever, and I'm a big Tetris fan, but it's also one of the best Puya Puya Tetris game, Puya Puya games ever. And if you don't know what Puya Puya is, it's the same as like Kirby's Avalanche. Or Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It's like one of those games. Puzzle games. But they put it together in a way where you can play both of them at the same time. Where your puya puya like blocks Tetris shapes. And it's just really great. It's really charming. I feel like it's very hard for companies to get Tetris games right. For it to like feel good. And for it to play well. And for it to have multiplayer. And for that to work well. And like I loved everything about the Japanese one. Except the fact that I couldn't read anything. So, that coming out is really, really exciting. And I think it's also going to be $40 and not $60. But yeah, I got it like two years ago and I love it. And I played it actually recently and it's still great. So, if you like Puya Puya or Tetris, like it's a, a must get. Uh, in summer, we're getting Splatoon 2. In autumn, we're getting NBA 2K18 and Elder Scrolls. I guess that's coming out in autumn. Uh, in winter, we're getting Super Mario Odyssey, which is the new Mario game. I'm assuming that's going to be the Black Friday. Friday, the, the the week before Black Friday where Nintendo always releases their big games like Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out on that day and, and Sun and Moon came out on that day and I know Smash Brothers came out on that day and I think like some other 3D maker, I don't know it's just like a Friday before Black Friday that they love to launch stuff on and then we're supposed to be getting like Xenoblade, FIFA a bunch of other games that I'm sure people are excited for, but yeah stardew valley that's something that's coming eventually probably pokemon at some point
1: although that hasn't been announced but that's the main reason we're talking about this right that it seems to be the replacement for both the console and handheld
0: yeah finally seeing uh, uh a final version switch next to a wii u controller it was like wow that thing is way smaller than a wii u controller but the screen is bigger and then seeing it next... I don't know if you saw a picture of a, uh, the Switch tablet next to a 3DS. I did not see that. It's like a 3DS XL, and it's pretty much... The screen is like the size of the 3DS XL, except just add the two Joy-Cons to the side. And it was like, oh, I could take the Joy-Cons out and probably fit this in my back pocket because I can fit a 3DS in my back pocket. Yeah. I, I don't know how exactly thick it is off, off the top, but just seeing the size was like... Okay, like, this is definitely more portable than I thought it was going to be. But going back to the Pokemon thing, surprisingly, this is the Pokemon podcast. Eurogamer reported on that there is a version of Pokemon Sun and Moon coming out for the Switch. And Eurogamer, up to this point, has predicted everything right about the Switch. Like, they got the, the system right before it came out. They talked about... The price they talked about the hardware itself the specs weren't they the ones the who called screen. that they were going to use cartridges as well yep they were they also called the touchscreen when no one else did they caught they they said the cartridges they said the uh i think they said motion controls they they pretty much got everything right and even other stuff they've gotten right up to this point so the fact that they got everything right about the switch and they also said that the version of Sun and Moon are coming out for it, like a third, quote unquote, third version, which I don't know if that's like Sun and Moon 2, Sun 2, Moon 2, or Stars, which which some people have been throwing around. That gives me a lot of confidence that that, that is true. Like, why out of everything they get right, this is the one thing they get wrong. But there have been other reports on that as well. I think that's even even more believable. Not only did Eurogamer report on it, but after seeing how... Not bad, but clearly Sun and Moon could benefit from better hardware. It's odd to me that Game Freak would build a game that runs so poorly even on the new 3DS, the new, the the one that came out like 2 years ago. With the faster processor, like it still doesn't run that great. I mean, it runs fine. Uh but then when people broke down the source code and pulled stuff out how like high res things looked outside of the 3ds like seeing uh seeing guzma and seeing your your pokemon trainer and seeing other pokemon like not be pixelated in any ways and being really smooth and having like really good line work and going okay like why like clearly they built really high res models and they had to bring it down for the 3ds hardware but they didn't need to go that far. They need, didn't need to build, like, the crisps, crisps crispus, crispest 3D models ever. Sorry, what? Is, oh, you're saying the most crisp. The most crisp, yes. I the thought you were,
1: I thought you were inventing something new before my very years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is but this you, some sort of holiday, like, Christmas, but yeah, a little crispier? A little crispier. It's like when you put Rice Krispies in the oven to make them crispier the crispnessness sure whatever <laughs> <laughs> but what are your, what are your thoughts do you think a third version is coming i think so
1: or if not it, at least that further pokemon games will be released on the switch i think it's likely that we get the third version on the switch if not i think it's unfathomable that we do not get generation 8 on the switch does that make sense
0: yeah yeah
1: because the fact that switches can do local not local but like wireless multiplayer between each other i think they set up to like 16 or something like that
0: yeah yeah That's a big that,
1: number the fact that that's the functionality that it has uh, i mean what's that for other than pokemon and mario kart right that's splatoon that's, <laughs> uh, that's fair i've never played splatoon but like that There's no reason why Pokemon would not work on this device, and that's the reason why Pokemon hasn't been on consoles, is because console multiplayer only really works online, and Pokemon has always prided itself as a franchise where if you walk up to someone who's playing Pokemon, you can just battle them then and there. If you've got the link cable and <laughs> the Switch might be a home console, but it can also do all of the things that handhelds do which to me it says that it's likely that if we don't get more generation 7 games on the switch that we will likely get generation 8 stuff on the switch because i don't think they're going to make a console a new handheld console uh, anytime soon
0: and the way i look at it is you have a situation where it's like okay well how do i get my pokemon over to a new piece of hardware that doesn't communicate with the 3ds and the answer is Pokemon Bank like that exists and that does its job and that works really well the the other aspect of this is from the people working on the switch and developers they said it that it's really easy to work on it's like the the same as like how people say it's very easy to work on a PS4 or an Xbox 1 compared to the PS3 or the 360 and that as a company if you're making 700 plus pokemon models and you don't have to do that twice because the architecture on a another piece of hardware is so different that saves you a lot of time and development and lets you make more pokemon games like yeah it's cool that something like rumble has like a different art style where they do the little like toy robots but to have like a universal system to Say, hey, we've made this Charizard and it looks really good. And now we can include this Charizard in three different Pokemon games. And hey, now we don't need to hire four interns to like recreate Charizard because this game is so dramatically different because of the hardware and the architecture. Like that saves a lot of time, that saves a lot of money. And if this is going to be the hybrid, we don't really need a 3DS anymore because this is a home and portable system. Like that's just great. Like to me, that's great because it's like, I enjoy Mario Kart 8 more than everything else but I can't take Mario 8 on the Mario Kart 8 on the go and instead it's like oh you could play Mario Kart 7 and then... It, th- those aren't the same games like yeah they're both Mario Kart but 7 plays so different than 8 and I enjoy 8 and I would rather be playing 8 on the go than 7 and the same thing's the same thing is for like a game like Monster Hunter like I got so into Monster Hunter on Wii U, because it was this grand console experience, and I loved it and and 3 U had this great thing where you could buy the same exact game on 3 d s and play it on three ds and you could also you could link your your 3 d s to your Wii U and you could transfer your character over to pick up and go, and then it was like, okay, that's going to take like a minute. And 20 seconds out of my day to transfer my character over so i can have it on my 3ds and then you know a minute and 20 seconds to transfer back to my wii u when i'm ready to play on my tv that was such a great way to play monster hunter and now i've been stuck in this rut of oh monster hunter for you and monster hunter generations are 3ds only and yes that's fun like those games are still good but i would always always prefer to play that game on like a tv on my couch with a regular controller so my hands aren't crap cramped and i just think that's a better way to play but i also want i i don't i don't want that like portable experience to be taken away from me because like you said with pokemon travis like being at a convention and like seeing other people play monster hunter and it's like oh we're looking for a fourth person to go on this hunt and kill this giganox Like, do you want to just pop in and join in and do like spend the 12 minutes it takes to hunt this thing? Like, yeah, that would also be great, too. And so, like, I hope that that's a reality. I hope that's a thing. I just want Monster Hunter on Switch. That's what I'm saying. Like, screw everything else. Monster Hunter is all I want. Our Pokemon of the week for the. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think that I'm I'm are you getting a switch? That'll be kind of that's kind of my final question, I guess. Are you a day? you, You don't seem like a day one person to me.
1: I don't know that I've ever bought a console on day one ever Wow,, yeah no, I've never done that i if when they release a Pokemon game for it, that's a main series Pokemon game, I will buy a switch other than that, it would take hmm, I'm trying to think of what other games it would take for me to get it, something like guess what? Turns out we're releasing the Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross <laughs> sequel you've been aching for. for Which is never going to happen, but like that or, surprise! Valve's releasing Half-Life 3 on the Switch! Like, uh, it, you, I would need something like that other than Pokemon for me to get it. And if there's a price drop, like the reason I got a GameCube is because they dropped that thing's price to $100 which was awesome. That was a great price for that console. And I didn't get one until it dropped to that price. And so, either a price drop or the release of a game that I can't live without, which is very few. Barring those things, I I won't get a Switch until then. What about you?
0: Uh, I pre-ordered three of them. Oh, no. Why?
1: You can almost... Well, you can't understand two, but you can almost understand two in that you can have the gray one and then the neon one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I... It went up on Walmart, so I pre-ordered that right away and like as fast as I could, right? Because with anything, with any new console, you don't know how fast or how many there are or how fast. Especially with that. Nintendo. Yep. So I went through as fast as possible and ended up doing like the the free Super Saver shipping through Walmart. So it said like, "Oh, you'll get it on March 8th, which is five days after it came out. And I was like, "All right, that's okay." Like Walmart is not my first choice to pre-order anything. It's just that's the first link I saw and I went through with it maybe 20 or 30 minutes later someone tweeted out that okay it's up on best buy and i was like okay great i would rather go to best buy because i could just do in-store pickup and i live 10 minutes away from a best buy and i can just i just there's there's something about buying something new and expensive not that 300 is that expensive but to like sit at, like take the day off sit at home and wait for the ups guy to show up like that's stressful to me <laughs> sure so, whatever amazon's my my preferred shopping experience but hey if I can get in-store pickup at Best Buy that's great. So I went over to Best Buy, checked out as fast as I could. I was able to do the in-store pickup at the at the Best Buy I live near and I was able to get the colorful one. That's the one I want, the red and blue one. Great. I'm going to keep the I'm going to keep both right now because why not? Why cancel? And then the next morning, I like refreshed Amazon and there it was on Amazon, so I hit the pre-order button cuz why not? Uh and the, so so <laughs> any any so this is a lesson to anyone who runs
1: a retail store. Steve will buy your thing <laughs> if, if you release it at your store, even if you've already bought it from another yeah, franchise. That's, that's, so <laughs> so uh, Culver's, uh, famed fast food restaurant in the Wisconsin
0: area, start selling the Switch. You'll sell at least one. You'll definitely sell one. So as soon as I pre-ordered the Amazon one, I canceled the Walmart one. So now I only have two. And then Aaron uh old old co-host on the site was like I can't get a switch and I was like well I do have the Amazon one so if you know push comes to shove I'll just redirect my Amazon order to you and you can just send me the money and we'll just do that uh so I'm keeping both for now but I'll probably I'm I don't need two or three switches so I'll probably eventually cancel one it's just the the security of making sure I get it that's what it comes down to and it almost and it almost makes sense for you to have two
1: right because they're basically a uh handheld console and you and irene would both theoretically want to occasionally play games together and i realize you can typically do that with one with the joy cons but maybe there are some games that you would want to
0: or need both of the handheld screens to use yeah i think if 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 there was a pokemon game at launch or if there was a monster hunter game we would definitely get two because she likes like, she stopped playing Monster Hunter because she wanted the console experience of that and not the handheld, which I, I get. So there's just not that, like, there's just not that other game that has been the selling point to having two in the house. But I'm, I'm sure eventually we'll have two just so we can play games together. Yeah, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's do some Pokemon of the Week, Travis. All right, the Pokemon of the Week this week
1: is Melodic melodic is an interesting pokemon in the vgc 2017 format because this meta that we've that we're seeing shake out as many doubles metas are but this one more so than others we've seen is dominated by pokemon with intimidate specifically arcanine is the most commonly used one and right now according to uh which is a website that I believe, takes its analytics from Pokemon Showdown, which is a competitive Pokemon battling simulator. Pikalytics pulls analytics and, and statistics from the games that are played on Pokemon Showdown within a given format, in this case VGC 2017, and then gives you that information of which Pokemon are the most common. So right now, the order is Tapu Lele is on 35.9% of teams, Tapu Coco is on percent of teams and then the number three pokemon right now is arcanine and that's used on 32.8 percent of teams and that might surprise some of you if you're not if you haven't been actively playing vgc but the reason arcanine is up there uh is one it's a good track and counter to Celestela, and that a strong fire move can take that out but also intimidate is a very powerful ability in doubles because it triggers for both of the opponents, not just one or the other. Because even in singles, Intimidate is a powerful ability, but when Intimidate triggers on both of the opponents, that's immensely powerful. And Gyarados and Salamence are both Pokemon that have Intimidate, and they're both in, according to this, the top 16 uh, Pokemon in usage in the metagame, which is Significant considering that there are three users of Intimidate uh, that high. Crocodile also gets some usage, which also has access to Intimidate. <laughs> Crocodile. So, with these Pokemon with Intimidate running around, a lot of teams are opting for, and this isn't in every team you see, but it's fairly common as a check to Intimidate users, especially on teams where. You don't have a lot else that can counter these. You have a lot of physical Pokemon, so you need a counter to Intimidate. You would run Melodic, and you would run Melodic with the ability Competitive. Competitive is an ability where when any of your stats are lowered, you immediately get a boost to your special attack by two stages. So just sending Melodic out there when Intimidate triggers from your opponent means your attack gets lowered, which doesn't matter because we're using special attack. And then your special attack raises two stages. So instantly, without even using a turn, you have a two-stage boosted Melodic. And Melodic is a Pokemon that has a lot of natural bulk. So you don't need to end up investing a lot in your... And you don't need a lot of investment in special attack because you're getting a double boost there. And then the natural bulk that Melodic has makes it a bit of a powerhouse if you are able to trigger competitive. And, and that's the real kicker, is sometimes you end up with a bunch of games where you're not using Melodic at all because you don't run into those Pokemon, or you don't run into the other things it checks, like uh, Garchomp, for instance, with uh, Melodic's Ice Beam. So the set that we are going to use from our Slack community comes from Slack user Brandon21486. It's going to be Melodic with an Adrenaline Orb. Now, Adrenaline Orb is a new item that listeners might remember That I think we talked about before using Adrenaline Orb for the purpose of training for Shinies. You can use Adrenaline Orb in battle to scare the opposing Pokemon and make them more likely to call for allies. Were you going to say something, Steve?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Continue. I was just
1: agreeing. Okay. But Adrenaline Orb can also be used as a held item. Now, it typically doesn't get a lot of use because its ability is very specific. If a Pokemon is affected by Intimidate while Adrenaline Orb is held, the Adrenaline Orb will be consumed and the Pokemon's speed will increase by a stage. And so, while that's not that versatile of an item, we're not building that versatile of a Pokemon, right? This is there because Intimidate is all over the place. So we really, really want to counter things that have Intimidate, so we run Melodic with Adrenaline Orb. The ability is competitive. The EV spread is a little all over the place, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I, I think I've figured out why Brandon has suggested this EV spread. It's 212 in HP, 12 in defense, 180 in special attack, 4 in special defense, and 100 in speed. Brandon says that... The spread outspeeds outspeeds Garchomp if Adrenaline Orb has activated, and without a boost from competitive, its Scald can still break the substitute of Celestela with uh, full HP investment, which is important because Celestela is another very commonly used Pokemon. And so uh, the other things in there, it's I would guess there's enough special attack investment to uh, with the boost, and maybe even without, uh, depending on the investment of HP in the opponent's Pokemon. I'm guessing that that's designed to one-hit KO Garchomp's and Salamence's, which Garchomp doesn't use Intimidate, but Salamence does, but the ability to have a 4 times super effective move on those fairly commonly used Pokemon is very good. You can use a modest nature with Scald, Ice Beam, Recover, and Protect. Recover and Protect are in there because Milotic has, as I mentioned before, very good defensive stats, especially in its special defense. So being able to recover HP is helpful in Recover's case because you're likely to actually take a hit that isn't going to kill you and then recover it back, and you can stall out the late game like that using um, maybe a Pokemon that has poisoned your opponent or burned them before, and you can just... And the game by recovering. Scald and Ice Beam are pretty straightforward. Ice Beam is to cover things that are weak to ice, and Scald is just the stab move. Scald has always been an incredibly important move since it's been introduced. So even with the nerf to burn in this generation, it still gets a lot of use. I think that covers it pretty well,
0: don't you think? Yeah, that does it. Uh, for trivia, Melodic is the counterpart of Gyarados. Both are serpentine evolved forms of weak fish Pokemon, and they both appear in times of conflict. Melodic is to calm as Gyarados is to destroy. Both also share the base stat, to- the same base stat totals of 540. They also have the same HP, defense, and speed. Uh, Melodic is also tied with Gyarados for the greatest increase of base stat total after evolving at 340 points. In Pokemon Heart Gold and SoulSilver, it is possible to evolve Phoebus into Melodic without trading, even though no Poffin can be attained and used in the game. This is done by visiting the Haircut Brothers in Goldenrod City, or by talking to Daisy in order to groom Phoebus, which not only helps raise its friendship, but also raises its beauty. This subtly stated by the Brothers and Daisy in the games, but cannot be checked unless Phoebus is traded into Traded to Diamond, Pearl, or Platinum. However, this cannot raise Phoebus's beauty if its sheen is too high. I don't know what that means. What's it? What's this sheen? There are a lot of weird. What? What generation is this? Is this Generation Four? Yeah, sheen is a Pokemon. Sheen determines how full the Pokemon is. Every pop, every poffin has a sheen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Yeah.
1: Hoffins were very cool, and I remember enjoying them. But I don't remember any of those mechanics anymore. It's been too long.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. And then finally, Melodic is the only Pokemon with multiple ways of evolving from its pre-evolution form in the core series. Uh, shiny Melodic has a gold tail instead of a blue tail, and it also has like a like sky blue ears instead of pink ears. So a good shiny, definitely. I know there are some bad ones out there, but there you go. The tender Pokemon. Melodic's cool. Agreed. Melodic is cool. Alright, some house cleaning for everyone. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> uh, we, got a, we got a subreddit. I already said that. Reddit.com slash r slash super effective. Join us over there. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash it's super effective. And that's about that. If you have any emails, if we have a light news week next week, we can do some emails. So email, uh, don't be afraid to email me. SBJ at pkmncast.com or just go to Pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. That'll uh, that'll send some emails over there. Otherwise, I think that's it for our show. Travis is at the Travis W. I am at dragging a lake. That's correct. That is correct. The Twitter for the show is at Pokemon Podcast. Oh, oh, and if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we are like 10 reviews away from 700. So please leave us a review if you haven't done so already. That would help us out so, 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 so much to take a couple seconds to do that. Uh, But otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective. Keep that dog clean in 2017. you like motorcycles card games explosions board games mexican food video games music cats the weird and the unusual wrestling go check out hashtag drunk on tacos over at drunkontacos.com or on facebook facebook.com slash drunk on tacos or even on instagram at at sign, because that's how Instagram works, like Twitter. Uh, Drunk on Tacos. All the same thing. Drunkontacos.com. If you like that stuff, they are a proud supporter of It's Super Effective, and we thank them for their patronage.